You're listening to Books and Banter with Debbie and Nadine, a podcast from the Oceanside Library. Hey, Deb. Hi, Nay. We have some new doodads. I love it. That's so awesome. I. I feel very professional. I do. For all of you at home that just listen to us, if you were to see us today, we actually have like two mics. Real and, ones. And, and headphones on. Yes. And we have, what is this called? It's a mixing board. We have a mixing board too. So I feel very professional and it's a good thing. So today, today we're going to talk about um, the last two books that we, that we read. We read Before She Disappeared by Lisa Gardner. Yes. And The Push. Oh my gosh. By Ashley Audrain. And let's just say we have a lot to talk about. Oh, my gosh. So which one first? Um, let's do, um, no, let's do Before She Disappeared first. Because yes. It's also fresh in my head because we just talked about it. Right. So Lisa Gardner's book, Before She Disappeared. Heads up, Lisa Gardner will be our guest on our author spotlight series on the 16th of June at 7 p.m. Go to OceansideLibrary.com and get the link to join the event. So she'll be talking about this book. And this is the first time I read a Lisa Gardner book. Um, yeah. I know. It <laughs> it's not, might not be the genre for you. It's not the genre for me. I'm not, you know, I feel like I could... It was good. Don't get me wrong. It was it was enjoyable, but I feel like I, I could get the same excitement from watching Law and Order. Yes. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I I have to I, I I have to say I I love crime. I told you crime novels, yes. suspense novels, thrillers, police procedurals. That's all my thing. I love podcasts that have to do with true crime and books. So Lisa Gardner is an author that I've read many of her books and always enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. It's been a while right, since I read one of hers. So um, reading this, I felt it was super, it, as usual, very fast paced, extremely detailed. Very detailed. She yes. goes into so much. And I can't wait to speak with her about exactly how it is she manages to know everything from the AA meetings that were described in the book. Right. I, I I give her credit on that for sure. I think she does definitely make everything very realistic. Like yes. even when she's talking about police procedure, like you can tell she does her research, which I could appreciate. I, you know, it's just not my, mm-hmm. it's just not my thing. There's so many twists and turns in her novels, so many different types of characters, um, so all in all, it was a great book. Right. Her characters were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Frankie Elkin is the main character. And um, she's a new character that Lisa's introducing. It was supposed to be a standalone book. Her first in how long? In 20 years. Right. Her first standalone book and standalone character. Right. But what happened is I think it became so popular <laughs> that Frankie is now probably going to be part of a series. series? Yes. Which is good. You know what? I liked Frankie. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the fact that she's an addict. She's an alcoholic and um, she owns it. She's very yeah. flawed, but very strong. Right. I love the fact that, again, the realistic depiction of the characters is what I did appreciate about the book. 
the fact that, you know, we know she's an alcoholic and she does look for AA meetings. Right. You know, a lot of times you'll get that character that they talk about it, but they that's not ever shown. Right. So you see that she does try to work on herself. So I, I like that part of the book. The overall story of the book, I thought, was a little out there. It like, was a little. It was very timely for today, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe too timely. A little too timely. Yeah, maybe a little. I like things that are, you know, like I know for me, I like to read a story that's really out there. Mm -hmm. You know, this was a lot of internet, what what do they call them? Sleuths, like online sleuths. She's kind of this person who solves crimes on her own. Right. So when the police stop looking and the family's given up hope, Frankie Frankie enters and she tries to find those missing people that everyone else has forgotten about. And I just felt the way the story folded, unfolded, I should say, it was too, too much of a coincidence. Oh, now all of a sudden there are sightings of this girl and, oh, there are codes that her brother sees. Again, if you're into these types of stories, you're probably like loving that because you're trying to figure out who the, who done it, who done it. But if you're not into the story, I just kind of found it trite. So our book discussion on this book, many of our readers loved it. Loved it. Mm -hmm. Except, well, except except one. (laughs) But who made it very clear in all of our meetings that he really does not like police procedurals. So we'll give him a pass. We'll give him a pass. Yeah, Steve. (laughs) Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. So before that, we read, we read The Push by Ashley Audrain. I think we'd consider the genre a thriller. Yes. See, and that's the type of thriller I like. Yes. It's psychological thriller, really, because it just gets you from the first one. I can't, um, I can't curse, but can I say it with your head? (laughs) (laughs) So The Push definitely put you in a a complete, I mean, psychological state. And as a mother, especially if you've had children and you've ever questioned. <laughs> which we all have. We all have. Let's be honest. We sometimes look at our kids and are like, God, I hope, <laughs> I hope you don't kill somebody one day. <laughs> um, I loved <laughs> loved this book is I was see now this is the type of book where I can't put it down and even when I do put it down I I like try to come up with reasons to pick it up again Mm -hmm. because the way Ashley or Drain wrote the book you question both the main character yes and the child, like you, you, I think you questioned everyone, well, you, even the father, the father, you question everyone. So you really just don't know who to believe. And she also does something where, again, like if you're a mom, you relate to some of the feelings, like how lonely it is to be a new mom when, you know, you're, you're scared. You don't, you're taking care of a, a human being And you've never had to do that before. Right. And now all of a sudden a human life is in your hands and 
So all of that plays out in the main character's mind and you relate to it. And because other things happen in the story, you're like, oh, (laughs) I I kind of understand what she's going through. Am I? Am I crazy too? (laughs) So I think the creep factor on this book, I will say it without giving away too many spoilers. It just opens with her staring into a home. Mm -hmm. Um, where she does see her child and her ex-husband. And like just the opening scene alone had this really creepy vibe. And she narrates it from a place of writing to her ex-husband. It was such a unique voice Mm -hmm. in a creepy book. (laughs) And I think I told everyone who was asking me about it as I was reading it, and I'll tell all of our listeners too, that it goes there. Yes. So if you are in any way um, not into the suspense or you had difficulty with child rearing, it brings up every emotion you've ever had. It's a trigger, I think is what we say in the current climate. If you're about to give birth, probably not the book for you. Right, and do not give it to a new mom. No, don't (laughs) give it to a new mom. Give it to a mom where maybe her kids are 10 or over and they're like, oh man, yeah, I I totally get this. But yeah, yeah, it goes there with the whole childbirth experience physically. I, don't, I can't say I love this part of the book, but that part where she says, my insides are torn apart and here comes this human being and they put they put the baby on your chest and they just ripped you open. And it's like, oh, now love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like so much is expected of a new mom. Yes. And you really, you feel for her. You feel for her in the book and you feel for your universal the universe of mothers. You, yes. You know, it's it's not easy. Not easy. And it's not talked about. No. I heard, you know, I've been trying to get Ashley Audrain to join us. Yes. To speak with us on Zoom. And because the book is so popular, she is just not available this summer. But I have an I have a feeling we'll be hearing from her when I the paperback so. is released. I, I heard that she wrote this book as she was after giving birth to her child, which is crazy. And I want to ask her about that because mm-hmm. I really do appreciate the truth in the book. Mm-hmm. I found that a lot of what she spoke about goes a little bit into postpartum depression yes. or, mm-hmm. now I had my first son 23 years ago. So mm-hmm. I know we do speak about these things a little more openly now, now. Mm-hmm. but at the time, you know, exactly what you said, you're left feeling so, so overwhelmed and everyone tells you you're supposed to be smiling and happy and wide awake and all of those things and hashtag blessed. Yes. Yes. And I love that she brought it up in this book because Mm -hmm. I think uh, moms do need to hear that. Now this takes it to a whole nother level. Of course. Yes. It it is a thriller. It's a book of, it's it's a work of fiction. fiction, You know, we don't say take any mothering advice from this novel, but I felt it, you know, it definitely was a topic that's, that you really don't hear about. And, you know, it also brings up that a situation where a mother deep down realizes that there's something wrong with my kid. Mm. So it brings that up and that guilt, like, why am I feeling this? 
So for all the mothers who do have that feeling, because, you know, listen, the world is full of full of all different types of people. And at one point they were kids. Yes. So, and they always say a mother will love their yeah. serial killer kid, <laughs> but it, it, it shows you that, yes. you know, deep down a mother kind of sees that there's something going on. And again, this is a work of fiction. Like it kind of makes you question all it's, of those things. It's a very taboo topic. And mm-hmm. I know when I was reading some of the reviews for the book, Uh, One of the things that came up was how, or maybe it was one of the discussion questions, how most of the responsibility for a child, especially a child who might possibly be troubled, Mm -hmm. falls primarily on the mom, blame Mm -hmm. on the mom. mom. This book goes back, goes into what you might see. Right. And question. And question. But is, are those things really indicative of a, of a severely troubled child? And that's the question that this book brings up. Yes. Is the child. And the fact that there are other people in your life that will tell you it's just you. Oh no, there's nothing wrong. What are you talking about? There's nothing wrong. And even when she tries to confide in people, um, she's kind of shush. Uh, shh, Again, it's a, such a taboo thing. You, as yeah. a mother, you can't question your child's, especially their psychological uh, makeup. Because you made them. So yes. you feel, a, you know, you feel a responsibility mm-hmm. and a great book. It's a, I mean, I think, I don't know. Both we all, we raced, all read it. Yeah. Raced through this book. Yes. Had to know. And I listened to it. Mm-hmm. The audio was fantastic. The last line of the book, I could not believe I was driving <laughs> and they, she delivered that last line mm-hmm. and I rewound because I thought the book stopped. Right. I thought, thought I missed something. With the audio. It j- jaw dropping yes. ending. I read it on a Kindle and if I had a book, I would have slammed <laughs> the book over, but I didn't want to throw my Kindle across the room. No. But yes, that last line made you go, oh, unbelievable. Yes. You know, I miss books like that. Like mm-hmm. those are few I and love, far between. Yes. I agree. That's why I really, I loved this book. I, I really did. You know, sometimes you don't need an ending where everything's perfectly wrapped up. You want to be shocked. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wish we had another chapter. I wanted to know, wait, what? What happened? But but you can infer yes, from from the, the conversation, right. yeah. And I don't yeah. want to give it away because we highly recommend that you read highly. this book if you're looking for an excellent, you know, edge of your seat mm-hmm. thriller. Yes, I wonder yeah. if they'll make it into a movie. They should. So it's th- a little bit like remember that um, the hand that rocks the cradle. Yes, there's one um, also based on a book. We need to talk about Kevin by right. Lionel Shriver. Um, and that was made into a movie. Oh, it was? Okay. And it has a very similar feeling. She has this strange child, and she's trying to love her, and she's an extremely professional woman, and it also has this very interesting story behind it. So if you do read The Push and you enjoyed it, try reading We Need to Talk About Kevin, which is also a very, it's a short book. It's Mm -hmm. short and powerful. Right. And then the movie 
was actually a really good adaptation of the book. I'll have to look that up. I don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but not that we should pedal back, but we're going to because it's our podcast and we could do whatever we want. But we're going to pedal back to Before She Disappeared and only because we want to talk about Mayor of Easttown. (laughs) Right. Well, it's funny when you get into something and you were the one saying you were reading it as you were watching Mayor of Easttown. So I, yes, I was reading Before She Disappeared with binging Mayor of Easttown and the anxiety that I experienced (laughs) was real. It was palpable. Um, Loved Mayor of Easttown. Everyone's watching it. Yeah, Kate Winslet is just fantastic in it. One of the most unique roles for her, I think. She she transforms. Completely. She's, I mean, she's English. She's British, right? Yes. So here she is. She has a complete Pennsylvania accent. Yeah. And you know what I loved? And I know everybody's been talking about it, so it's just me kind of jumping on the bandwagon. But I love the fact that she played her age. Yes. I love the fact that she wasn't this beautiful, Botoxed, um, you know, uh, Hollywood starlet playing a detective. Like, no, she looked real. She, you know what I mean? Like a lot of times these actresses come in and you don't even see a wrinkle on their face. Well, I'm going to, and I'm going to say to you, this is why I watch so many BBC and British crime shows and detective series because Mm -hmm. they, their actresses, tend to play very powerful lead roles mm-hmm. at their age. Mm-hmm. They are not overly done up. They look like the women you and I are friends with. They could be the woman next door. Right. And you get so wrapped in the story as opposed to what they're wearing. Right. And I, nobody's running in those heels to catch a bad guy. No. I'm over that. Right. That was how many years ago? Mm-hmm. Let's see some real... Let's see someone in a pair of jeans and a sweatshirt. Eating a sub sandwich. Eating a sub sandwich. Drinking beer every yes. like scene. And, you know, trying to jump over a fence and fall in because, (laughs) you know, she's a woman of a certain age and she couldn't get herself over the fence. But she tried. She tries. (laughs) Again, like strong, mouthy. Yep. And, you know, not afraid. And she'll do whatever she needs to do for her family. And she knows she's made mistakes, but she's committed to her job. And I, I just loved it. I and really, that really is, you said it, it really is very similar to the Frankie Elkin character. Mm-hmm. So much so. Right. I could almost see Kate play Frankie. I can too. I can too. I think she would, honestly, even though the book may not have been my favorite, I feel like if they were to make this into a series or a movie or yeah. whatever, I can totally see this playing out and I would enjoy it. I love the fact that her family was fractured. Yes. Her kids had issues. She was really the every woman. I mean, we at a, at a certain age, mm-hmm. if you haven't had baggage and issues in your life. You haven't it, lived. <laughs> you haven't really lived. So right. there's great drug addiction. There's mental illness. They yeah. talk about um, mental illness, depression, suicide. They really bring into so many things into the short miniseries. Yeah. What was it? Seven, Seven episodes. episodes. And each episode just perfectly fits into the next. And even, I'm not going to give out the, you know, a spoiler, because if you haven't watched it, watch it. But even the end with the other mom, the other character Mm -hmm. and what happened. Yes. Like you feel for her too. Right. Because she says, 
if no one would have figured it out, I would have yeah, buried with it. Yeah. And that's a mom. Yeah. And that's why, honestly, let's the push before she disappeared and Mayor of Easttown all make sense together. They really do. They do. They all make sense together because it's a mom fighting for their family. They know there are issues. They're trying to figure it out. Despite the issues. Right. Uh, oh, I, listen, we just put that all together we right did. now. That was great. Yeah. Wonderful. I love. I loved it. That yes. was my birthday, by the way. I binged Mayor of Easttown. <laughs> Awesome. With a bag of chips. Good. Because you know what? That's what Mayor would have done. Yes, it would have. And a beer. She would have yeah. <laughs> she would have had a rolling rock or whatever was there yeah. with her. Her friends. Mm-hmm. You know, she also had friends in the in the lifelong, I have lifelong friends. Right. I know from I grew up with them. Mayor grew up in this town. She now serves her community as a detective. Yes. And her friends, even with their history their histories together, which you could tell, even though they didn't go into the story too much, there were some issues there, Mm -hmm. but the friends looked like our friends, right? Some were battling cancer. Some had, you know, marriages that were falling Falling apart. They were very human addiction, very human characters. And I loved the fact that the show carried that. It was imperfect and they didn't apologize for it. Not at they all. They made it. That's this is this is real life. And they had strong friendships because yeah. even though they had all these things happening and they disagreed with each other, as many of us do with our friends, yes. you're still friends. Right. And I loved that she had these solid friendships. Yeah. The end scene. Oh, just everything. I really, I really enjoyed it. You know, everybody always looks at Kate Winslet and puts her as Rose and the Titanic. I, I still do too. I, I know, but I feel like this kind of, for me, it changed my view of Kate Winslet. I thought she was extraordinary in it. Yeah, I did too. I think I only watched it because it was her in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. that was it. Um, now with the ending, I will say I did not love the last episode. I loved the entire show. Mm-hmm. The last episode let me down. And really? It did. I felt there were way too many red herrings. I would have preferred some of the storylines um, have go into a little more depth or not be there. Because I felt the storylines, some of her relationships were only there to draw your attention away from what was really happening. happening. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to see a stronger seventh episode but the first six had me I was disappointed in the end I cried at the end did you really I did I did I I enjoyed the end did it end without giving it away as you expected it to well which part because there's really two who done it well I will agree with you that kind of like came out of nowhere nowhere There were scenes leading up to that last episode where the camera does focus on that. that I'd have to go back and so it's not completely out of nowhere. But the reason why I I don't want to give it away, so it's hard to speak freely about it. But the reason why I liked it, it's because of that the relationship that Kate Winslet's character mess uh, I don't want to say messed up that's not the word I want to use but the relationship she didn't have with her son 
And then, mm. do you know what I mean? Yes. So if gotcha. you watched it, I think you kind of get what yep. I'm saying. Yep. I, and then the last scene when she walks up the yes. steps of the, again, I don't want to yeah, give it don't away. Give it away. But it was a good one. It was good. So I think we should talk a little bit about our the next book. So any listeners could catch up on our next book discussion. Not a crime story. No. Not a suspense. Not a thriller. No. A fun summer read. Mm-hmm. Mary Jane. Mary Jane. A novel. Yes. By Jessica Anya Blau. Great name. Very, very. And I have catchy. to say, I love it for the cover. Yeah. I know librarians are not supposed to judge a book by its cover, but I totally but we did. Do. I, I, you know, yeah. I love the cover too because it brings me back. That's it. It's yeah. really, I feel like we do these retro summer books. Yeah. We, do did, we? we did. Did we do Daisy Jones? Did we do that in the summer? I feel like we did, but I think because we loved Daisy Jones so much, we kind of like, we picked this book because of it. Because Daisy Jones was probably the book we we first agreed on. Yes. So I think we're just looking for a book to agree (laughs) on. (laughs) On the same page with Debonet, who are not often on the same page with books, but that's good. Chapters apart. (laughs) I don't know. Mary Jane, I think I'm going to like. I had you did you didn't start. I I'm didn't waiting. Start. The book's on hold. Okay. So we have extra copies coming in now. Discussion because you can't get to an in-person one. Join ours. Yeah. We have fun. We do. We have a lot of laughs. And really, everyone's got such great personalities, and we don't often agree, which no, makes don't. for a really good funny. discussion. Yeah. And it actually opened your eyes to a different perspective. Because, like, even with the before she disappeared, I you know, I had a certain um, opinion about it. And then listening to a few of our uh, members, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I didn't think about it that way. Right. Yeah. Come and join us. It's great. Fun. We're, a, we're a nice group. We are. What else, May? I mean, I can tell you that I tried to get you to listen to one of my favorite true crime podcasts. Since we are a podcast, maybe I can do a shout out to my favorite murder. My favorite murder. They have a, they theme, have a theme song. song. I know. They we have do. To, we have to come up with a theme song. They are great. Um, it's Karen and Georgia, the two women who do it. I aspire to be like them. That's our shout out. <laughs> I did listen to one or two. Yeah, they're yeah. very funny. Mm-hmm. They're probably the only people I know who can find humor in, in such gruesome crime crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what hooked me with them was that their whole point of being so obsessed with crime was so that they can protect themselves right? because they're worrying anxious women, as am I. right? So they felt like they'd be most prepared if they focus on this type of a... The details of, of a, a crime murder. so they know how to protect themselves. And I love it. It's really, really funny. Mm. So even though, and they speak very freely too, mm-hmm. I just love them. That's a great one. Okay. Yeah, definitely give that a listen if you're a true crime crime uh, fanatic like me. Okay. There are, there are a lot of people who like true crime. Yeah. I get nervous. That's why I, I mean, I probably should watch it so I can come up with different tactics on how to protect myself, but things like that make me nervous. Like even Law and Order, which plays constantly on television, I find that I have to change the channel. Really? Yeah. Yeah. 
I have no problem watching that. <laughs> and I don't know what that says about me. I don't know what that says about you either. You name it. I've I've watched the Son of Sam one oh, that's see, on. It makes me, I don't creepy, know. Creepy, creeped out. Nervous. 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 See, and I feel it does the opposite for me. Really? It's a little like, okay, things are not that bad. <laughs> you know? No, I just, I don't know. If I watched it, I don't think my kids would be allowed out of their rooms. Probably. That's why I think I sometimes I'm ignorance is bliss. Oh, you know, and there's another one. I'll, I told you about this one too. I'll be gone in the dark by mm-hmm. Michelle McNamara. She was obsessed is with finding the podcast or is it a book? It, it started as a blog. Then she did it as a podcast. She was married to, um, she's since passed. She's married to uh, Patton Oswald. Oh, yeah. The comedian. Yes, from King of Queens. Yes. Yeah. And she was obsessed with finding the Golden State Killer. I read this. Yes. yes. And so now HBO made a documentary based on her and her book. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. She didn't she help find? She did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And she did it back to the civic-minded internet sleuths that we have, she did it with the help of, she's a journalist. So she started by writing an article, I believe, about this and then became absolutely obsessed. Mm -hmm. Um, And really, I think her obsession is what led to her death at such a young age. Yes. And it's worth seeing for the work that she did trying to find this killer. And they found the killer after she died. Uh, But so much of what she had discovered helped them them and was right. Yeah. She knew this guy was a cop. She had said like, and I'm not giving anything away because you could find that on the news, but like she, one of the things she had said is I think he's in law enforcement. Wow. See, sometimes you need the fresh perspective. Like a profiler. She, she spent so much time. I mean, and this guy, I think, he murdered 13 people, raped 50, oh my God. and burglarized 120 people. And, you know, it, she, her work on that was just, and they released the book. She also hadn't finished the book completely by the time she passed away. Right. So her close, someone she was working really closely with, I believe, helped put all of her notes into Together. finishing it. Mm-hmm. Definitely, if you love that crime. And that fits into this whole before she disappeared where this kind of regular mom, she had a little kid, right. Is doing this super sleuth work on her own because she is completely dedicated to finding out what happened. She met all the survivors. She, and this was through the course of the seventies, I believe um, that he did these terrible things and he would come and go for if I'm not mistaken, I also think on ABC, didn't they have, maybe I'm wrong, but didn't they do a show on the daughter of the Golden State Killer? They might have. Because she had no idea. His whole family had no idea. Yeah. He was a really upstanding guy. That's it. He was an upstanding. I think, yeah, I think ABC also did an investigative. See, now that's report. where I know why you'd be scared. Well, <laughs> because when you see these things and then you realize this is the guy next door. Well, see, that's why I don't like people. <laughs> If you know me, you the know, anti-social I social club. So don't like people. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> well, it's definitely worth uh, checking out for sure. Oh, I'll have to. Well, I, I, I say, yeah, I'll check it out, but I'd be too scared. I'm a chicken. It's a, the HBO documentary is good because okay. it's really more on her work finding on, the killer than on the killer himself. Right. Right. 
and she it just she was she's incredible so um that's good may she yeah. rest in peace good yeah. for her that she, she really did she brought this to, to man justice. to justice Definitely. yeah good for her so that wraps up our crime our, and our, our crime and motherhood <laughs> What a podcast. combo. <laughs> uh, well, when you're a mother, you probably <laughs> yes, have thought about it. You've for... thought about committing some crimes. <laughs> yes. yes. Um, again, like Mary Jane is coming up. That's um, Lisa Gardner next week. Yeah. The 16th. Check our calendar, OceansideLibrary.com, because you know who else is coming. Wait, because it's my favorite book of 2021. We begin at the end. And Chris Whitaker, Chris Whitaker is coming July 15th. I'm really looking forward to that. That's going to be really fun. Yeah, that was my, I love the push too, but we begin at the end. It's just in a whole other category. So if you didn't read that, you have to read that. You have until July 15th, meet us online with Chris Whitaker. Definitely. But I think it's lunchtime. I'm starving. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, well wait, we're going to leave for food. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go eat. Let's go eat. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. And on the same page, no, I'm sorry, Books and Banter. <laughs> we, didn't even, we didn't even introduce the correct podcast at the beginning. I think we did. Did we? Oh my God, we're losing it. We're so distracted by our equipment and setup here. I know, it's overwhelming. Well, this was Books and Banter with Devin Nay. And we are so happy that you join us. Have a good one. Have a good one. We'll see you next time. You're listening to Books and Banter with Debbie and Nadine, a podcast from the Oceanside Library.